Hello, and welcome to episode 55 of Brews Less Traveled, the podcast exploring the best uncharted craft beer scenes across the United States. I'm Brian. I'm your host. And I'm MC. I'm your co-host for all our episodes featuring the great city of Missoula. Brian, how's it going? I am doing pretty well. I uh, did something I don't normally do before the show um, and did a little pre-gaming. I went out to uh, a local brewery and met some co-workers um, and they were checking at the, the brewery out for business uh, reasons for our, our, our city brew tours, sister company of Bruvana business. And uh, yeah, had some uh, tasty English beers. I had a really nice bitter. I love when a brewery just has like an English pub ale, a bitter on. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was a really nice time. And I am excited to drink some Missoula beers tonight and uh, hang out here. MC, cool. how are you doing? Very good. I'm good. Um, it's about, I think it's about a thousand degrees here in Ben, Missouri today. So yeah. My whole week has basically just been about surviving. So not a lot of drinking, but I am looking forward to our beers tonight. So yeah, a couple of refreshing yeah. beers tonight. It is yeah. also like heat index of 106 here in Pittsburgh. So yeah. not a comfortable day. I don't think from, I don't think for most people, I think it's pretty hot. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. I yeah. am um, trying to just remain grateful. Uh, a lot of breweries, are not air conditioned and luckily the one I work in is so I'm just you know trying to be grateful for that yeah Uh, as somebody said in the chat hope everybody is staying cool I'm just blown away that your brewery has AC in the production space right yeah it's nice I mean it's really hot but it's better than you know 105 degrees so yeah certainly especially on these very busy weeks leading up to the uh, big summer drinking months, mm-hmm. packaging all that beer. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's hard to keep that beer cold, um, but we're doing our <laughs> damnedest. So, <laughs> yep. Yep. And uh, we got two great refreshing beers tonight. We'll be featuring beers on this episode from another great Missoula brewery Draftworks, and we'll be drinking their blood orange Goza and my Ruka american pale ale and we're going to be joined by sarah colleen from the montana craft beer connection Um, but before we get into that let's go ahead and crack open our first beer you ready brian let's do it i have never been more ready um maybe you're going to switch things up from what people were expecting us to do with these two beers but we're going to drink the sour we're starting with the goza right yes yes please i have this theory that when you drink a sour beer, especially one that has fruit in it, one that's a very fruit forward sour beer, um, kind of like cues your senses to be ready for fruit characteristics. And I think that works great whenever you're going to drink a hop forward beer right after you're sour. So I might be yeah. just like completely off the mark with this theory. I am not like a certified Cicerone or anything <laughs> like. I don't know uh, any of those. <laughs> Cheers. You're on to something. Cheers. I think the hops will cut right through it. I'm not worried about it at all. Yeah. And it's not like we're drinking a lambic or something. This is a nice, refreshing goza. Mm, there's that beautiful salinity character on the back end that, that brings that sourness home. And Yeah. Nice biting. 
You don't really get that dry graininess that you get in a lot of these wheat sour beers. It's nice and balanced. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice beer from DraftWorks here. Again, this is their Blood Orange Goza 5.4% ABV, clocking in at under 10 IBUs. For the folks that don't know, MC, how do you make, like, what makes a Goza sour? Well, um, it's a kettle sour. So that means that something is added instead of it being like wild fermented, something is added during fermentation to make it sour. In this case, lactic, um, it, it, it turns into lactic acid and specifically gozas are brewed with, you mentioned it, a little salt, um, and a little coriander. So this will be salty, um, coriander is the seed of cilantro. So you'll get some like fresh, zesty, herbaceous notes. You seem surprised that I just said that. I did. I absolutely did not know that. Now, you know, now, you know. So yeah, when you think like coriander and cilantro remind me of one another, that's why. So you get those like summery, um, not super cilantro-y, but like, you know, spices, fresh spices, um, a little bit of salt to like dry out your palate. It's, I love gozas especially in the summer on a hot day like today. It's a style that is definitely uh, deserving of the love it's getting nowadays in this new, Mm -hmm. you know, newfound push for drinkable, uh, sessionable sour beers. That thing that produces lactic acid uh, that MC was referring to in these beers actually gets inhibited by IBUs. It actually gets inhibited by not IBUs, but inhibited by hops. And that's why with a lot of these Gozas and Berliner Weisses, you won't see above nine, 10 IBUs that um, lactobacillus, the lactic acid producing bacteria that makes these beers sour um, actually gets affected by the the acids in the hops. So kind of dial back the hops in these beers, let that acidity and sourness play the balancing role with the malts, throw in some nice fruit puree and you got yourself a all day summer drinker. And this is a great example of one, certainly. Right. Right. And they're going to add that fruit during fermentation, not, you know, when they're adding grains, um, not when the hops are added. Um, because even though there aren't a lot of hops added, there's always going to be a little bit of hops in beer to, to balance out that malt bill. So the fruit is added during fermentation. And that's why the fruit is like really sticking out. Um, and it's, it's, you know, nice and nice and present. Yeah. And, uh, for our beer club subscribers, there are friends at DraftWorks sent some, also sent some awesome swag. So we got some stickers there. We got a nice coaster. My brain just like shut down there for a second. Couldn't remember the word coaster boy. That's not a good sign. Uh, and as well, a, a, a koozie. So shout out to DraftWorks for, uh, supplying those for our awesome beer club subscribers and, and never shout out have, to those. never have too many koozies oh god no um especially now that i have a daughter she likes to take them and play with them and stack them and then whenever i need one if i didn't have as many as i did then i would really struggle to find one because she takes them all that's a hilarious toy i like that yep i guess when your dad is a is a beer guy for a living you play with koozies yeah yeah, it's also <laughs> like we keep them at her height so she can, not so she can get to them. Coincidentally, they're at her height. So leave the makes, koozies out for the child. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, somebody just said in the chat, this is a great beer for the beach. Absolutely. I would love yes. this beer uh, on the beach. But there are no beaches, no ocean beaches in Montana. But um, I was trying to think of a segue out of that. I'm just, I'm just... Chugging that pre-gaming gets you every time, huh, Brian? Uh, it's not the pre-gaming. <laughs> I'm, I'm very tired, actually. I just drank a cup of coffee like an hour ago. I thought that would get me going. I'm awake. I'm up. But brain is not firing like I need it to be. But what better time than uh, to bring on our guest and get this conversation going um, in a better direction? Certainly. So please join us in welcoming the co-founder and owner slash editor-in-chief of Montana Craft Beer Connection, Sarah Colleen. Hi, Sarah. How's it going? Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for joining us. Um, so let's get right into Montana Craft Beer Connection. You started that, uh, you helped start that company in 2019. What was the drive to start a quarterly magazine focusing on craft beer in the Big Sky State back then? Yeah. So I fell in love with craft beer when I moved back to Montana. And lucky for me, I was going to school at UM and there was plenty of it around me. Uh, I didn't have to worry about that too much. But then after graduating, I moved up to Great Falls and there are craft beers up there, uh, but you're not quite as immersed in the scene as you are in Missoula. And I found myself really wanting to know what was going on across the state in the beer scene. I have lots of family across the state. And so I have done quite a bit of traveling leading up to the start of the magazine and had a chance to get to try lots of beers across the state. Uh, but I, I found myself wanting to just know what was going on. And luckily at the time of moving up there, there was a little newsletter called 406 Hops. And it was, I think, four to eight page, just newspaper that kind of just talked about little things that were going on and had like a little map in the background. And that was really cool. And then one day it disappeared. And um, the other co-founder and I looked at each other and go, went, well, we can't be the only ones. And we started kind of getting to like immerse ourselves a little bit more in the beer community on both, on both ends, the drinking end and the you know industry side of things and found that we were right. We weren't the only ones. So we decided that it was about time that someone did something that highlighted all of the amazing, wonderful things that our state does um, so that people all across it can know what's going on because it's the fourth largest state as far as area goes. And uh, it's, it's very difficult for people on the Eastern side to get over to the West side. I, I would know, I, I do it re regularly, uh, but it, yeah. So it just, it, it felt like it was filling a niche that was needed. Yeah. If it's, if that other publication is going to go away, then we're just going to do it ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and it sounds like you're the expert on my next question. Um, you know, so what would you say make Montana, what makes Montana's beer scene special? Um, and in that scene, what role does Missoula play specifically? Yeah, great question. I'd say what makes Montana beer scene special. I mean, we make good, great beer across the state. That has been our experience so far, I think. 
Yeah, which I think surprises a lot of people. And I think because uh, it surprises people because a lot of our breweries are are tiny. They don't make it out of the state. Most of them don't even make it out of the small towns that they're in. You know, we've got, I mean, anywhere between 95 to 105 breweries in the state, depending on how you kind of want to figure that number. And only a small portion of them can. And so, yeah, like our beer is is great. Um, And then the other big, really special thing about our industry is uh, the community. Montana in general is community focused. And within that, our sub communities are also very community focused. So it's really special to walk into a brewery anywhere in the state and know that you're gonna be welcomed and warmed. And they, I guess what's really, really special is they come together even though our state is as big as it is. We support each other. Um, we're or community. Uh, I just quite literally um, the other day, so you all were talking about how you're going through a heat wave. We um, are flooding right now um, mm. overnight. Yeah. And it was really cool to watch one person put out a message on Instagram saying, hey, we need grain bags to make sandbags out of. And overnight, the beer community came together. Um, yeah. So we, we're we're seeing breweries collect um, and can water so that they can have fresh drinking water. And it all happened wow. overnight. We wouldn't, you know, our community, our beer community wouldn't be what it is without each other and the support that we have. And you see that in Missoula, you know, Missoula being one of the top brewery locations in the state. Um, you see, you see them pull together and help um, the, the communities halfway across the state. You know, just earlier today, I was running around grabbing grain bags from breweries to help collect and yeah you see that if someone is like oh man this this ingredient that i need isn't going to ship until monday do you have some can i borrow some it's it's really special that we can come together that way yeah wow especially after you know in times of crisis that's Mm -hmm. amazing what what a great use for grain bags i never know what to do with them other than to put them in the trash that's great Let's take a beer break. Last week, parts of Montana and Wyoming near Yellowstone National Park were rocked by extensive flooding. The northern section of the park, which gets most of its visitors by way of Montana, was especially devastated, with early reports warning of an extended closure. Now this month, we're featuring Missoula, a town located about 300 miles northwest of Yellowstone, but here at Pruvana, we feel a special kinship with the entire state as their statewide love for local craft beer exemplifies the spirit of this show. The small Montana towns near the northern entrance to Yellowstone rely heavily on tourism, and with these floods leaving that entrance inaccessible for some time, these areas will need help getting back on their feet. If you are able to, please consider donating to the relief efforts. We recommend the Montana chapter of the Red Cross, which can be found at montanaredcross.org. Now let's get back to the show. There was definitely a pride in Missoula and Montana in general expressed from nearly every person I talked to when I visited Missoula. And I think that definitely plays a role. And from my perspective, from my perspective, played a big role in in that making that visit special and making that scene special. What little I saw of it was everybody wanted to promote what was local and 
in the other breweries and even breweries halfway across the state. And speaking of breweries halfway across the state, one of the founders of DraftWorks, his family actually started a, a brewery over on the eastern side of the state. So the roots of craft beer in um, Missoula and with DraftWorks go all the way back to you know some of the earlier craft breweries in the state of Montana. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now, now it's kind of cool to see that where, you know, one of the founders of DraftWorks came over from Eastern Montana. And now we see breweries in Missoula who take in, um, you know, new brewers or home brewers that want to become brewers. They take them in, they help, they, you know, teach them and let them grow. Yeah. And we've talked a lot about the breweries in Montana, uh, both on this show and and on the previous episodes this month, but there's also a lot of local maltsters and, and hopsters in the state and in the area as well. Can you talk about the importance of local ingredients in Montana beer? Absolutely. And I think that actually has a lot to do with um, why our beer scene is so great. So Montana is one of the leading growers of barley in the world. Uh, so it naturally makes sense. Um, to have malting facilities. So we, we have malters that both work with local farmers. Um, Malt Europe has a location up in Great Falls and they work with lots of local farmers around there to malt uh, versus you know having to ship it halfway across the United States or the world. Um, we, can, we can do it here in Montana. And then we also have malters that grow their own grains. And, and malt it themselves, which is really, really neat to see. Um, yeah, so I think we've got four major malting companies, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that we do have so much barley that grows very, very well here in the state. And because of that, it only naturally makes sense for Montana breweries to use malt from Montana. And then hops also grow really well in Montana. Uh, we're, we're right on that, um, that line. Um, in the northern hemisphere that hops naturally grow well in um, yeah i'm blanking on the yeah the latitudinal line yeah yes that one. <laughs> yes <laughs> thank you um yeah so we there's there's a specific latitude um both in the northern and southern hemisphere that hops naturally grow in montana sits right on that line and so it also kind of makes sense that we grow hops here um you'll you'll walk around um, a lot of different towns in montana and you'll see hops just growing on people's like garages cool naturally so yeah and and yeah, so it kind of just makes sense that if we're we're growing it and making it here, we should probably use it when when we can. And you'll see that a good majority of Montana breweries do that. They, yeah, they locally source as much as possible. You'll see it from other ingredients like honey and fruits, that sort of stuff. And yeah, it ties back into the, the fact that Montana as a whole, we just we like to support our community. Um, Montana's been kind of this like little isolated um, ray of sunshine for a while. We're getting a little more um, influx of, of people moving in, but for a long time, it was kind of just all of us out, out here in the big, big state of Montana. And, and you know, we couldn't, couldn't survive if we didn't support each other. So. Mm, yeah, that's a great point. And as like grain gets harder and harder to get for, a variety of reasons. Um, what a like special advantage that you guys will have in Montana um, and that your neighbors I'm sure will be, you know, seeking 
very, very soon if they're not already. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. We are, yeah. we are seeing those same grain problems here as well, but you know, yeah. So uh, as big as we are, hopefully it will have a slightly smaller impact, but mm, hopefully. Yeah. Latitude 48. Just, there we go. just to throw that there out go. there. <laughs> Perfect. That in your brain. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so I heard that you uh, brewed a pink boots collab with Draftworks, actually. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I was there for the um, later end of the brew. Yeah, I also cool. teach at the university. So I had to wait for my classes to get done. Before sure. I could yeah. Hop yeah. on over. But yeah, yeah, that was that was the first one that I got to participate in and then um, got to be part of an another one as well. Um, Very cool. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the brew day, the beer that you brewed? Yeah. Um, it was, uh, it was really cool to come in. Um, I think we had a draft works had hosted about 20 ish, give or take a few, um, women from, um, mostly Missoula, but, uh, had to have one or two come in from outside of Missoula. We had both, um, females, um, femme leaning, non-binary, as well as, um, transgender involved, which was just really cool to see, um, yeah, just, just coming in. Yeah. So basically they brought us in and we got to tour the facility, which was, it's such a great massive facility. Um, you know, oftentimes we'll see the tap room side and not even realize how ginormous the, you know, production area is. And, and that was, so that was really cool to see. And then, yeah, got to just be part of the brews and, um, you know, work alongside the brewer to help you know, wherever was needed, uh, you know, during the grain out, adding hops, you know, turning on and off valves. And it, I think it, it was really awesome experience, especially for some of us that aren't in the brewing side of things. You know, we had, we had women there that were brewers or who worked in the cellars, but we also had taproom managers, owners, beer, beer magazine people, um, sales reps, uh, who don't always get to be in the back and get to see what's going on. And so it's super educational and just helped open our eyes a little bit more to what, what goes on behind the beer that, that we drink, sell, promote. Uh, that's so cool. Yeah. I love when, um, on pink boots days, you know, women from service and all over beer, um, get to like jump in and get their hands a part of it. Um, it's such a, great way to like interact with other women in beer that would never interact with one another otherwise. Um, and there's something so much fun about when they're like, okay, it's time to grain out and you get to like get your hands in there and pull the grain out of the mash tun. Um, really feels like, yeah, you worked for your beer. Um, yeah. that's so much fun. And I know the brewers love it that we get so excited to do that. Part, yeah, so. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. They're like, Oh, you want to come in and grain out? Oh, cool. Let yeah, me show you. <laughs> and yes, yeah, Sarah, when you round that corner at DraftWorks and you like come and see this, yeah, and you're like, oh my god, it's really big back here. Yeah, and they have a lot of space back there. Mm -hmm. And then you really go around nice. the corner and you see there's giant stacks of cans. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, it's yeah. mind blowing. Yeah, it's a really cool facility with some really cool folks over there. I think it's time to crack our second beer from DraftWorks tonight. Um, as I've already mentioned, I had an excellent visit to this brewery. And uh, Sarah, what else do you like about DraftWorks and how it fits into the Missoula beer scene? 
I like draft works. Uh, one, I, I, I really enjoy this beer. I uh, did a little little write-up on it not too long ago. It's a great summer, summer sipping beer, easy to take on the river. Um, the other big thing that I like a draft, about draft works is how community-focused they are, kind of bringing it back to everything we've talked about. But like other breweries, they're constantly working with other people in the community and DraftWorks constantly is supporting and raising money for nonprofits. They do pint nights, they do events. They um, recently brewed a beer with a um, like a marijuana distributor, I guess you might call them. Um, it, it doesn't have any you know marijuana or THC in it, um, but it was it was an inspired by beer that was really cool to. Um, to, to drink and talk about and just explore with, I thought that was fascinating. So they're constantly working with, you know, other businesses, other nonprofits. And then they most recently, we just had our, our pride week and they brewed the official pride beer. So they're, again, they're constantly working to support other, you know, communities within our larger community, like, like a lot of the other breweries do. And that's, I think it's really special. Yeah. There, uh, you could, you could see how I was there during the daytime and you could see how that building would turn into such a good atmosphere for parties or community events. And you could hear from the people that work there, the, the love that they had for their local community. So that's no surprise that they play that role. Yeah. So other than draft works, we're also featuring kettle house and uh, imagination in our Missoula box. Um, but what are some other breweries that our listeners just are going to have to check out when they inevitably make it out to Missoula? Yeah, um, that's a, I mean, I, right now I think we have 12 of them. And honestly, wow. like, I couldn't recommend one over the other. They're all really great and all have their own little unique uniqueness to them. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's that's a really hard question. The cool thing is Missoula is not that big. Um, it's not hard to get around to all of them. Uh, most of them are either downtown, close to downtown, or along our walking and bike paths. So that's pretty, pretty neat. Yeah, I, all of them. Go to all of them. Yeah. There, if there's only 12, like, what are you doing? Not, Just, yeah, it's not, it's not that much. Yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's a day and a half. You could do that. 18 hours you'll be fine oh yeah and you can only have three at most of them so legally the law we talked about that Mm -hmm. that's right i forgot about that yeah and there are there are a few that have split their um their tap room and their brewery um into two separate businesses so that makes it a little easier they can their their tap room can then uh, acquire a beer and wine or an all beverage license and can serve more, but yeah, most of them can only serve 48 ounces, which makes it easy. Have, have your three and go on to the next one. And for the most part, you can, you can walk to the next one. So Mm, very cool. Uh, yeah. Missoula seemed like a very walkable city. It was, um, I was just there three weeks ago and, uh, we're talking about the heat wave today. It was snowing on the day that I visited (laughs) Missoula. And uh, I still had no problem walking around and visiting the M and walking back across campus and back into downtown and checking down a couple places around downtown. And yeah, it was, yeah. it was fine. 
coming from it's Pittsburgh, it's flat. So I, you know, I was in, it was bliss in terms yeah. of walking. Well, the town is flat. We're completely surrounded by mountains, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good situation to find yourself in. I think that's the perfect way to do it. Live in a flat city with 12 breweries surrounded by mountains. Perfect. Doesn't sound too bad at all. Mm. So one of the greatest things I've seen, uh, both in researching for this podcast and in all of craft beer, has to be the Montana craft beer and bods calendar that you and the fine folks at uh, Montana Craft Beer Connection put together. Um, this year, at least, I I don't know about other years, but can you tell us about that calendar and the process behind that and the the charity it benefited and all the awesome stuff associated with that? Yeah. So 2022 was the first year. Um, it is geared up and already working on 2023. Uh, I don't know. I was sitting around just thinking about what else does the Montana beer scene need? kind of kind of the name of the game of I guess how I started the business in the first place but and I don't know this idea popped in my head I, I think I'd probably seen some other calendars that were raising money for for people and I was like you know what you know what doesn't get highlighted all the time in the magazine is how funny and like cool and relaxed a lot of our brewery people are like they're they're hilarious and and they're easy going. And I said, well, what if we did a calendar that showed off just how funny they are? And so the Montana Craft Beer and Bods kind of just emerged out of that. And, you know, I was a little worried at first because there was a lot of the, the Me Too stuff that had recently sort of come up and everything. And I was a little worried about, about it. But then I, you know, I got talking to the gal who does all the photography, um, Jessie, and she, she owns Picture Montana. So she does photography across the state um, as well and has been into beer photography for a while. And I got talking to her and, and we sat down and we had a good, good conversation about like, how do we do this respectfully and um, worked out all the details and started talking to breweries around the state. And they loved it. They loved the idea. They thought it was hilarious. They thought it was funny. And most importantly, they really, really respected the fact that we wanted to work with their comfort zone and their, yeah, their level of where they wanted to be. So, yeah. And, and with that, I wanted it to be a fundraiser again, going back to the community thing, uh, wanted it to raise money for a Montana nonprofit that I felt was doing some amazing, great work in the state. And so for 2022, uh, we worked with the Yellowstone Wildlife Sanctuary, which is a nonprofit that brings in um, non-releasable animals. So, um, you know, whether it was an animal that was a wild animal, specifically um, wild animal that was adopted by someone that didn't understand you shouldn't adopt and declaw a cougar or whether they were hit by a car and would never be able to function in the wild again, those sort of things. So they bring those animals in. And what I love is it's not a zoo. It's a place where these animals can respectfully live out their lives in a comfortable and as natural possible environment. Um, so every, every animal has their quiet, safe space where they can go and aren't viewed by the public. They do things like um, their cougar that got declawed obviously can't climb trees, but cougars love to 
pounce on their prey. And so they made uh, a spot where the cougar can get up to and they put their food on the ground and give them the opportunity to pounce on their prey. So just, you know, things like that. And then on top of it, they also help provide education about our greater um, wildlife ecosystem and how we can live with it. And so that maybe one day, you know, they won't be needed. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And um, then, yeah. Every year I'll, I'll start. Um, <laughs> yes. I'll start. I was just going to ask for some context. That's perfect. Yeah. Yes. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> every year I'll work with a different nonprofit. Oh my gosh. What a fun project. It really That's is. so funny. I can't wait to buy my 2023 calendar. Perfect. Pre-orders go on soon. <laughs> oh, I will be Can looking for, for that. that link. <laughs> Amazing. So Sarah, um, you know, what is, we ask all of our guests this, but what is one thing that you wish either Missoula or Montana at large uh, was more well-known for? Um, gosh. That's hard. I mean, I think, I think we kind of touched a little bit on it, but our beer, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we get, um, so we have a BJC, BJCP sanctioned, um, beer competition that happens every year. It actually just happens. Uh, and we get the privilege of flying in, um, these certified to grand master certified, uh, judges mm-hmm. from all over the States. Um, we've had them come up from Alabama, Texas, California, And the really cool thing is, is they always look at us and they go, wow, Montana makes really great beer. And they don't like, people don't know that. Um, Yeah. And so I guess, I mean, that, that alone right there. And then, and then again, our community, if if you walk into Montana, you you better be, be ready to help support the local community. (laughs) It's, it's not, it's not hard to want to support the community. Honestly, you get in that town and it's just this beautiful picturesque mountain scenery all around it and everybody was so kind to me when i was there i don't know i'm not special i'm sure they give that treatment to everyone and i felt very welcomed and oh come on brian you're special i am my my mommy (laughs) lets me know i'm special hi mom you're probably watching um yeah it, it it you could tell that it's a special town and it, and it means a lot to people and there's definitely a, a welcoming feeling that i felt from al and 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 robert at, at uh imagination and and everybody that i talked to like even like my uber drivers also speaking of getting around easily i don't think i spent more than like ten dollars on the new for the entire time i was there so yeah another reason to go to missoula and explore the beer scene yeah we 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 try to make it easy and we just want to share we want to share the cool things that we're doing and the you know the fun projects that are we're being worked that are being worked on um you know we've got a great music scene we've got great art and and we just want to share it we want to welcome you in and, and share what we have to offer that's awesome. Yeah, I can't wait for people to to get out there. I definitely didn't know about the beer scene in Montana. I mean, the beers that we've been drinking over the last couple of episodes have been, we haven't had one that wasn't absolutely excellent. So I think oh. that it would not surprise me at all if some listeners make a, make a beer trip out there. You know, I know that going to Seattle, going to Maine, those are like some pretty popular like beercations, but I think I think Missoula's the next beercation. What do you think? 
I think so. <laughs> MC, I, I we're talking about the listeners. I, I need. I think you need to go there. It seems perfect I for you. Just Great telling beer, my husband, like good fishing. Yep. yep. Come on. I know. I was just telling my husband like last week, right after we signed off. I was like, I think we need to go to Montana. Yeah. Well, let's hope we might can. Be, might be on the docket. Let's hope we can convince him of that, Sarah. Thanks uh, again so much for joining us. Um, anything to plug before we sign off here? The one, the calendars, the, they should be out on uh, pre-order um, here sometime in August. So keep a lookout for those. The next issue of the Montana Craft Beer Connection comes out in July. And you do have to be in Montana to get it. Or I can you can subscribe to it um, on my website and get it shipped to you. But um, as of right now, it's print only. So if you're, if you're curious, want to learn more about the Montana scene, um, yeah, go to go to my website, just montanacraftbeerconnection.com and uh, subscribe. Learn all about what Montana has to offer and what we're doing. And socials. They could follow you oh, on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Montana Craft Beer Connection on Facebook um, and then MT Beer Connect on Instagram. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, give them a follow uh sarah and all of the contributors to montana craft beer connection do great work covering um the local scene there so uh if you want to stay in touch with montana beer after this podcast i cannot think of a better way to do so so um thanks again sarah for joining us and thanks to mc for coasting uh co-hosting i said coasting coasting i like it coasting i'm the coast yeah coast coast (laughs) is that a yinzer accent thing I don't know. Mm, I don't know. Uh, cheers to you both. Uh, <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. You're so welcome, Sarah. Um, you can find more from our featured brewery tonight, DraftWorks at uh, DraftWorksBrewery.com. As always, if you're uh, you know digging the show, listening to the podcast, you can support us by signing up for the beer club at Bruvana.com. As a member of the beer club, uh, you get a box of amazing local beers shipped to you monthly, and you'll get to drink those same beers right on the podcast here on the stream while we drink them. And you can heckle me from the chat. I think I've told that joke before. Moving on. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Yes, we have a TikTok. Remember, I said this last week. We're cool and we're hip and we're going to do TikTok videos. You can follow us on YouTube, untapped, at Bruvana. We'll be back next week with another episode featuring this wonderful beer scene of Missoula. But until then, stay safe, be kind, and support your local breweries. Cheers, everyone. Woo.